Chapter 10 Jennifer entered the large storing room of Raymond Frome and placed her box of display items on her work counter. It was less than an hour before the store opened its doors for business and she was looking forward to getting a jump start before the shoppers began milling through the aisles. She could hear Trina Rathburn entering the room after a brief moment, but her focus remained entangled in her own thoughts. She could not let go of her encounter with the accident along the road and the face she was certain she recognized. Trina worked in the cosmetics department and was the closest thing to a best friend for the introverted Jennifer. Trina was 38 years old and the single parent of three children. She was a woman of strong resolve who protected Jennifer with maternal tenacity. Her wavy blonde shoulder-length hair was tossed about as she bounded up to her friend and placed both of her hands on Jennifer's shoulders. Her full lips broadened into a sphinx-like smile as she leaned forward and whispered into Jennifer's ear. Steve Reeser's in the building. She said, smacking her lips like she had just finished devouring a triple fudge sundae. Jennifer's eyes looked toward the ceiling as she forced the conflicts within her mind to bury themselves into the depths of her subconscious. She summoned her lips to curl up into their best imitation of a smile. And what, pray tell, is our little hottie wearing today that has you so ravenously heated? Well, today Steve is wearing a fine gray double-breasted suit from Gucci and the latest fragrance from Hugo Boss. I wonder if he would consider dating an older woman with multiple kids. I think he would love my children. Someone has to. Their father never seems to want to see them. Do you believe he missed his visitation again last weekend? Oh, no, you're kidding. Those poor little people. They're going to think they can't rely on anyone except you. He's going to give them a complex, Jennifer responded. I know, Jen, but what am I supposed to do? I can't force the kids on him. I don't feel right pulling them away from their father, either. God, they get so broken-hearted when he doesn't show up to pick them up. And half the time... He never has the guts or decency to pick up the phone to tell him why he wouldn't be coming. I can't believe I married someone like that. I never saw this coming. I spent 15 years doing everything I could to please him, and he returns the favor by bailing on us for some little tramp. The final word had no sooner escaped Trina's mouth as the storeroom door flung open and Shauna Terrell barged into the room. Did you girls get a whiff of Steve this morning? He smells like an angel on testosterone. Shauna stated as her strut carried her impudently toward them. We know, Trina and Jennifer said in unison as they looked over their shoulder at the young black woman approaching. Shauna was the 25-year-old manager of ladies' wear. Her deep brown eyes had been replaced by hazel contact lenses and her long black hair was straightened into larger flowing curls. I'm telling you that man is fine, Shauna continued. If one of you girls don't get you some of that soon, you're going to force me into breaking my marriage vows. Marriage leaves me out too, Jennifer stated. Trina, it's all on your shoulders. You need to take one for the team. The laughter from the three ladies carried to the fourth person entering the storage area. This time, a tall male figure stood in the doorway. Vincent Michaels was six foot five with black hair and a mustache set upon the lip of a handsome face. Let me guess. Our topic in this morning's discussion is Steve, Mr. Assistant Manager. Steve is on the menu for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Trina commented. Well, you ladies need to realize you don't stand a chance with him, Vincent blandly stated. I'm the only one of us that carries the equipment he wants. You freak me out when you talk, Sean uttered. No man as big as you should like other men. It's just weird. Do you have any idea how many women in this place would love to get their hands on you? They talk about you as much as they do Steve. (laughs) I'm among very sexy company, then. Vincent replied with a chuckle. 
Shauna turned her attention back to Jennifer and Trina. One of you girls need to straighten this boy out. I would love to, but I have my Sean, Jennifer stated proudly. Your husband's so laid back, Mr. Smoothie, Shauna commented with a smile. He has his emotional struggles just like everyone else does, Jennifer rebutted. He just doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve. Actually, I think he keeps his heart somewhere near his groin. Does his flirting bother you at all? Trina intervened. No, I trust Sean. He's not at all like he portrays. He's loyal. He just likes to tease for fun. Jen, you are in denial as much as he is. I see the way he looks at me, Vincent boasted. That boy is dying to come out of the closet into my living room. In your dreams, Vincent. No offense, Jen, but that man can put a hurting on me anytime he wants to. No offense taken coming from you. I'll consider it a compliment. The group was interrupted when the door opened slightly and the smooth-skinned face of Steve Reeser slipped in through the aperture. Excuse me, Trina, but you have an urgent phone call. Trina's face blushed, but it was the blush of fear. I hope the kids are okay, she muttered to Jennifer as she followed Steve out the door. Shauna and Vincent decided it was best to return to their respective work areas, but not until they instructed Jennifer to inform them if anything was wrong with Trina's children. Jennifer assured the two she would contact them, and they returned to their display preparation. Steve led Trina back into the management office, motioning toward a telephone which hung on a pillar at the northern half of the room. Trina lifted the receiver and placed her hand over the mouthpiece as she turned to Steve. Thank you. You're welcome, he responded. I'll give you some privacy. Trina watched as Steve left the room, closing the door behind him. The greeting she spoke was hesitant and quivering. Trina, it, it's Sean. The voice on the other end sounded uncharacteristically weak to her. I, I'm sorry, they told me I was wanted on the phone, Trina replied, confused. I did ask for you. Sean seemed to be laboring for breath as he spoke, but not from physical exertion. It was the kind of laboring that accompanies terror. I have to tell Jen something, and I need you to be with her for me. His voice trailed off in the general sob. I'm sorry to do this to you, Trina, but I need you right now. Trina's lips quivered as she fought back her tears. It's okay, Sean. I'll get her to the phone. She could not bring herself to ask what was wrong. Something deep in her gut had already told her. She placed the telephone down, allowing it to dangle from its cord. The walk to the storage room seemed like miles as the knot in her stomach slowly tightened. The pumping of her heart intensified until it threatened to burst forth from her throat. She struggled to regain control of her emotions, drawing in a deep breath before she entered the room. Jennifer, can I talk to you in the office? Jennifer turned with a look of compassionate concern. Sure, Trina. She emptied her hands of their toil and followed Trina out of the storage room. The friends did not exchange words or glances as they walked back to the office where Trina had left the phone. Both could sense an emotional storm approaching and neither wanted to endure what was to unfold. They entered the office. Trina lifted the receiver and slowly extended it to Jennifer. Sean's on the phone. Trina could no longer hold in the tears that filled her eyes. Jennifer's hand trembled as she accepted the device and lifted it to her ear. The air seemed to be sucked from the room as Trina watched Jennifer's expression of confusion transform into anguish. No, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't take my baby from me, Trina. Why would God take my baby from me? Jennifer wailed as she staggered backwards. My baby's gone! She careened into the pillar behind her, which retained the wall unit of the telephone. The receiver slid from her hand and dropped to the floor. She collapsed to her knees before at last curling into a fetal ball of retching sobs. 
Oh, Arlen, please don't leave me. Please, baby, don't leave mommy. Trina stood in shock as her own tears soaked her cheeks. They filled her eyes and blurred the image of her best friend crumbling helplessly at her feet. She could hear Sean sobbing through the receiver, repeating endlessly, I'm so sorry, Jen, it was an accident. Sean's voice rattled through the phone line in a hauntingly agonizing chant. Trina's mind swirled, dizzying her to a near faint. She silently prayed for the strength to help the friend she loved so much. But where would she begin? She herself at this moment did not possess the capacity to pull Jennifer back to her feet. She could barely manage to stiffen her own wobbling knees. She knew that she could never even begin to resolve Jennifer's question. Why a parent must lose a child? A question no one will ever comprehend the answer to. Perhaps not even God himself.